Welcome to West Franklin Talks. My name is Dave Cruz. Across the room from me is our campus and teaching pastor, Matt Pearson. What's up, everybody? And we are back to dig further into Matthew chapter 6. This past Sunday, Matt preached on a small portion of it, and we thought we'd just continue our Monday morning routine now, I guess, of unpacking it. So, Matt, before we jump into it, how are things? Things are really good, Dave. Having a good morning so far. It's a beautiful day here yes, in Franklin, it is. Tennessee. Actually starting to feel like May. Beautiful day. And we're stuck inside recording podcast and yeah, I get to worship stare, series. I get to stare at you. Does it get any better? Uh, yes. <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> no, things, things are good here, Dave. What about you, man? You hanging in there? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm hanging in there. Things are good. Thankful for uh, nice weather. A little bit of rain here and there, but that's okay. It means the... The boy can go out and run and get the boy energy out of him. So we're thankful for that. You know, every time you say the boy, Uh it makes me think of my growing up, because that's what my parents called me and still call me, because I grew up in home with two sisters. Yes. They called me the boy. The boy. (laughs) I only have one, so the boy. It makes sense. It does. I even signed birthday cards to my mom and stuff like the boy. Well, there you go. It's a little term of endearment. It is. Well, glad I I hope. I hope it's endearment for them. Well, I'm sure it is. They didn't give you away, so you're okay. That's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. And you're still alive. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I'm trying to think. Anything we need to talk through, announce, let folks know coming up, anything like that? We're going to be opening our services back up. Are we? I'll are, let are, them know soon. All right. As I say, are you about to pull our leg and way to raise the hopes and then dash it I, I to would, I would love for a future podcast in the next couple of weeks to be fully devoted to what it's going to look like when we're coming back yes that would be nice and i'm i'm looking at the calendar because you know we record these ahead of when we uh when we post them so it will we'll give you all a little hint today is march the 14th as we're recording this may, may the 14th like i said it's may the 14th <laughs> it's one of those m months so this is going to air on the 18th uh yeah i mean we're getting close to be able to tell folks what what we're thinking so yeah. maybe maybe by the end of the week they'll start hearing some stuff from us uh, tell them about Thursday's podcast. Thursday's podcast, we are going to be joined by one of our executive pastors for Brentwood. He is uh, the South Region. Name is Brian Coates. Many of y'all have seen Brian on our campus before. He's been part of the Station Hill Church for uh, a while. Yeah, long time. Long time. I mean, we'll tell more, more stories when Brian's here. Uh, but he's going to come and talk with us kind of about, hey, what is Brentwood's uh thoughts process behind how we're handling re-entry, why are we approaching things the way we are, and maybe give us a few challenges of how we should think and and challenge our thinking rather than just going, oh, I'm American, I have all these rights, or living in fear. Hey, let's find a healthy, kingdom-focused approach to this that honors government while still celebrating the fact that, yes, we do live in a country of freedom. America. America. So let's jump into Matthew uh, 6. Well, I don't even know what verses we're in, okay, honestly. Man. Matthew 6, 19 through 24. We're actually beginning to slow down a little bit Woo. in the Sermon on the Mount. Because yeah. we're not slowing down in office, no. so it's good that we're slowing down in this. Sunday's sermon is the fifth sermon in the Sermon on the Mount out of nine. So we're going to be slowing down fairly significantly between now and the end of chapter 7. But let me read these verses, and we'll, we'll just jump in from there, Dave. Matthew 6, verse 19, Jesus says, Don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, 
where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves don't break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. So if the light within you is darkness, how deep is that darkness? No one can serve two masters since either he will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Jesus ain't playing. Nope. Rarely is. (laughs) It's a gut check. Gut check. For Williamson County, for Matt Pearson, as Mike Glenn says, he, and I believe it's the same for me, and all of us for listening and being honest, we'd agree we are pastoring rich young rulers because most of us are middle upper class caucasian successful influencers nothing wrong with that nope but it can be very dangerous jesus even said in another place in the gospels how hard it is for a rich man to enter the kingdom of god it's frightening it is it's frightening especially for people like you dave you're just rolling in it man i need to know where that account is hidden then (laughs) because i don't have access to it (laughs) in an offshore bank somewhere somewhere As long as we find it before I pass away, life will be yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so Dave, there's just there's, I mean, as I mentioned in the message, this these five six verses demand weeks of practical application. I mean, it's pretty clear what Jesus is saying, but as far as how it plays out in everyday lives, one everybody looks different. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, there's just so many. What about this? What about that? What about this? What about that? And, and so we could talk about this a lot, but I just kind of want to hit some of the higher, higher points and give 30,000-foot view, dig a little bit more than we did than I did in the message, just help our people understand it. We know what it looks like to store up treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy. Sure. Where thieves can break in and steal. Look in your, look in your garage. Look in your attic. Look in your closet. Look in your pantry. Look in your junk drawer. On the way here this morning, I think I passed four storage buildings. They're just popping up like, Subways, <laughs> subway restaurants. Do we have a lot of subways here I don't in know. Dollar, County? Dollar General. You can, you Dollar can be, General. You can, be in the, you can be in the middle of nowhere, and you're, they're just going to see a Dollar General. So I, I drove to rural Mississippi over last weekend to see my in-laws. Uh, we, we had to get out of the house for my son, and we go through the middle of nowhere. And in the middle of nowhere, we probably drive about 100 miles Kid you not, there was a Dollar General at least every 20 miles. Saw probably five of them on just this deserted, four-lane, no-where-do-people-live area. Did you uh, stop and get toilet paper at each one? No, no, because in the rural town in Mississippi, they had plenty at the Walmart. Mm. So At the Walmart? At the Walmart. Yeah, yeah. Not okay. at Walmart. The, the Walmart. Walmart. Yeah. Or I've heard it called the Walmarts. Ooh. Yeah, yeah it's kind of like Kroger's. So... <laughs> Let's, let's go to Kroger's. No. Okay, so we know what it's like to store up treasures. I think all of us, especially yes. especially where we live, know, know what that looks like. Yes. It's it's like the, where, where are your, your kids' toys that you bought them at Christmas? Where are they in February? Can't find them. They're probably laying them in the middle of my floor not being played with, though. Probably. I know right where they're at. Or if they're Legos, are under your foot. God, my son is not into <laughs> Legos, really. So, okay, we know what we know what it means to do that. What, what does it mean to store up treasures on earth? What does it mean to, I mean, in heaven— what does it mean to purchase things that you cannot buy? Are you asking me? I mean, well, I'm at, is I'm, that a rhetorical I'm just, question? I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah, I have my thoughts because I've been swimming in this text for a while. Right. You want to throw out a thought and me tell you if you're right or wrong? No. Why don't you just tell me what I need to be thinking? Yeah. Well, 
obviously, and, and just about every scholar agrees that Jesus is talking about being generous and gracious. This whole sermon has been over and over again, over and over and over again about our hearts. So Jesus is saying over and over and over again, as God is treating you, so you treat others. What does God do with his wealth? He gives it to us so that we thrive as human beings. And so I think Jesus is saying here, live your life in such a way so that you are doing for others, giving to others, using the resources God has given you so that others can thrive. We've got to be careful here because a lot of our minds are, well, I'm not going to give and give and give and give. That's just going to enable the lazy guy or the, the gal who doesn't want to do anything or to enable their sin. No, Jesus isn't saying that. He's saying be generous for their good. Right. That's a totally different ballgame. Yeah, it is. Purchase those things that indicate you believe God's kingdom is breaking in. What does it look like when Jesus actually reigns on the earth? So you're talking about maybe meeting needs rather than wants of Yes, people. definitely, definitely. An example that comes to my mind, Dave, is uh, I grew up in the home of a veterinarian. Um, my dad had a very successful business. I, I, never, I never had any, I never lacked anything. Sure. Okay. Uh, mom was a school, t- school teacher. Dad did that. And so I, I'm, I didn't know at the time, but my dad obviously saved up, saved, up, saved up for me and my sisters to go to college. I got a job while I was at school, paid for things, but as far as tuition, I mean, I just, I had it easy, mm-hmm. right? Was it wrong for my dad to save up for college? No. What did he buy me? Well, he bought me education, but more than that, he bought me a non-burdened life post-Auburn, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I don't have to pay those student loans. Just the stigma of Auburn, that's all. I mean, can, can there be a greater gift to a son? I mean, it's debatable. <laughs> but but seriously, I mean, does that make sense? That may, be a, that may be a bad example. But what he he, some people ask, is it wrong to save? Is it wrong to store up? Well, if you are because you believe that that's going to take care of you and that's mm-hmm. your security, it is. But if you're doing it in order to help others not have a burden or to take care of someone else, I think that's a kingdom mindset. So I'm going to put you on the spot this week. Can you think of a moment or a situation where it doesn't involve a family member, like a husband or a mom and dad providing opportunity for a child? I think we all get that. Okay. But what if we take it outside of a familial uh, relationship and all of a sudden it's you and some just acquaintance or you and a stranger? Mm -hmm. That's a good question. I, I would push back a little bit on that. We all get that. No. Okay. Yes. Yes. That was. Yeah, that was. Yeah. I do. I do think people, Christians read this text and they say, "Well, I just need to give it all away and trust God's going to take care of my family." Yeah. Well, there's no. some truth there, but you're not really taking care of your family. You're being weird. Anyway, the <laughs> to, to answer your question, yes, if there comes an opportunity in your life and you have you have a opportunity to make an impact, let's say let's say that uh, there's a family here at West Franklin and. We're able to house the homeless alliance guys and gals again. Yep, hadn't been able to because of the Rona. But let's say we're able to do that, and over time they build a relationship with this. With let's say there's a single mom and a daughter that's that's coming, and they build a relationship, and they feel like it's an opportunity for them, not just to give them cash, mm-hmm. although God may lead in that, but to use their resources as a means to help them get on their feet, uh, to use their resources to help them thrive sure to ask the question why did god create them did god create them to just be needy all the time no 
God created them to flourish as a human. One of the ways I can help them flourish as a human is maybe I can get the uh, daughter in clothes so that she can go to school. Maybe I can get the mom um, pay for pay for a day of my gasoline and lunch and breakfast and supper so I can go get her jobs. Mm-hmm. Maybe I can give her some of my expertise in building a resume, you know, that sure, kind of thing. Sure, Just was curious. I mean, I think a lot of people can, not all, but a lot, can quickly relate to the I'm going to take care of my family. Sure, sure. But it, when we move outside of those relationships, I think we get very hesitant. Mm-hmm. We're mm-hmm. afraid that we're going to be scammed. We're afraid right. that people are going to take advantage of us. Right. I think we need to be careful. Mm-hmm. Um, when you see the when you see the guy on the side of the road asking for money, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to give him twenty, thirty, fifty bucks to go do whatever. Right. I would want to build a relationship. That's why we have the Homeless Alliance here, so we can build relationships with these people and get to know them. Uh, I do think there are ways to do it that are wise. Yeah, I mean, there's tons of organizations out there that you can partner with with your financial resources or even your time resources who are going to help make sure that your investment in people is well well used, that it's not going to be taken advantage of or at least less likely to be taken yeah. advantage of. I, I think I think and I may be getting ahead of myself here today, but I think at the end of the day, and I tried to stress this in my in my sermon, at the end of the day we have to back up and look at all of our assets, all of our resources, our bank statement, our income, everything, and say, have I situated everything I have under the Lordship of Jesus? Am I living to demonstrate to myself, to my family, to the world that I believe this is what Jesus' kingdom would look like by how I give? Mm. Or am I spending to get? Am I spending because it brings me security that I'm putting my hope in this stuff other than God? That kind of thing. Does that make sense? It does. It does. Um, again, I haven't. We haven't preached the sermon yet, so I don't really know. Well, I keep saying I have because it's going to be. I, yes. I already have because this is going to air Monday. I know. I know. Again, we're pulling the curtain back maybe a little too much sometimes, but I, I just sit there and I. I guess I go. I'm wondering how do how do people balance the the need to take care of themselves with the thought of give it away to yeah. reach More blessed people. to give than to receive. Yeah. How, how, how do you make sure, how do you develop a healthy mindset of I'm going to make sure I'm taken care of, but also make sure that I'm not hoarding? It's hard. It's hard. And I don't know if I have a good answer. One of my, one of my points in the sermon that I'm, I'm going to preach is immerse yourself in the book of Proverbs. Yeah. Because Proverbs speaks of wisdom yes. financially. The first 10 chapters especially speaks yeah, of wisdom. It does. And then throughout. And so reading a proverb every day, which is what I try to do, has helped me immensely with those, but what about that tension that's there? Now, I, th- I think it's going to always be a struggle for rich, Caucasian, Williamson County people. I do. I think it's going to constantly. But I think we got to ask the question. I think we got to say, okay, I don't want to, I cannot serve both God and money. So God, how can I serve you? Mm-hmm. How does with this my look? money, yes. Yeah. Like we just bought a patio. We talked about this on the thing. So I, I'm studying this sermon. I'm like, is that a waste? But one of the reasons we did it, I hope, is, well, for instance, Luke, my, my son, Sunday afternoon is having a birthday party. Where does he want to have it? He wants to have his friends on the patio. He wants to sit out by the fire. Sure. He wants to enjoy that. I, I hope we use that space for family meal time, mm-hmm. have friends over, bring value to relationships. Well, I mean, you've already shared with me that that some of your neighbors who have been maybe a little standoffish mm-hmm. because of your profession have begun to engage you a little more because you yeah. guys had this now, built. I, I must say I didn't plan that. Right. 
But yeah, it, it's, I mean, they still, they just stop by yeah. and come over. And I've been trying to have a conversation with them for five years. I mean, hey, maybe that's all it takes. Build a, build a new patio, everybody. Yeah, and yeah, your neighbors yeah. that won't talk with yeah. you will come over. All right. So, I mean. But my point is, are we doing it to add value mm-hmm. uh, to, to our family, which isn't wrong, to others? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's a hard line, especially when 99% of our day is being consumed with messages that we need this when really it's just a want. And uh, I'll be first to confess, I have a, uh, I wrestle with it. I think we all wrestle with it in, in America. We're a consumer nation. Mm-hmm. It's finding that healthy balance of what do I really need? Mm-hmm. And then how do I justify wants while also furthering the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think a lot of people stop to think first about the kingdom before they right. satisfy which their is, wants. Which is exactly what I think Jesus is getting at. Yeah. That, that this is this is the litmus test. When he talks about the eye being the lamp of the body. Let me just look at that text again. Verse yeah. 22, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. If your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. So if the light within you is darkness, how deep is that darkness? Incredible illustration where Jesus is saying, if you have good eyesight, you're going to be able to see clearly. If you mm-hmm. have bad eyesight, you're just not. You're going to be walking around stumbling over things. I believe Jesus's point is, if you are a kingdom person, if you're if you have submitted yourself to the loving rule of Jesus, your eyesight is going to be that which always asking yourself, how can I demonstrate that the kingdom has come? How can I demonstrate that Jesus reigns? I think I think it plays itself out when you're at the grocery store. And how you buy for your family, I think it plays itself out in how much you give to those organizations who are reaching unreached, unengaged people groups. I think it shows up in how you use your time. I think it shows up in how you use resources to, like we were talking about earlier, organizations and ministries that are wanting to make a difference in people's lives. How How is God leading you to demonstrate that his kingdom is ushering in. Yeah. Because he's asked us to pray it already. That kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If we believe that, then okay, give us good eyesight. Yeah. You know, um, as, as I'm thinking on on this, what you're talking about, it's crazy as you read Matthew and, and the other gospels, just the, the thread of imagery. I mean, here he is in Matthew 6 talking about your eyesight and just recently did one of our Facebook videos on Matthew 9. And at the very end of Matthew 9, it's Jesus saw the crowds and had compassion, you know, and then turns to his disciples and go, the harvest is plentiful, but the the laborers are few, Um, you know. And so just, I was, my my comment in there was, you know, do we have the eyes of Jesus? Right. And so, I mean, just that that thread going through, um, through scripture there, just connecting the dots in my head as we talk. So, you know, I guess there's that, that helps prove you probably should read all of Scripture, not just piecemeal. It's a good idea. I'm for it. Um, I mean, I'm for it, too. I'm so. for it. Okay. I, heard a, I heard a sermon years ago where a guy said, he just asked the question over and over again, do you have kingdom eyes? Yeah. Do you have kingdom eyes? And that's, that's I think, what Jesus is getting at here. I don't want to move on or close this without focusing on verse 21 for a second. Okay. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Sure. My goodness, Jesus makes statements that just cause you to sit down, take a deep breath. If you're not already knocked over, it's just yeah. And he get, he he gives the word treasure first, then heart. Where your treasure is, your heart will follow. What you spend on, your heart will go towards. That is a breathtaking thought. One way to check what your heart values most is to look at your bank statement. 
what you spend your money on. You need to ask the why question. Sure. What you spend your what you spend your money on is a reflection of what your treasure is, where your tre- or what your heart is. Where your treasure is, there your heart is also. Does it have to be something that you're buying? Like sometimes I find that I desire something so much that my heart can only focus on that. Oh yeah. Oh no, it doesn't have to be something that you're buying. You need to ask yourself, what am I? What's my passion? Yeah. Think of a seventh grade girl longing for a new phone. Sure. She is not going to stop right. <laughs> until yeah. she gets that phone. What's that for you in your brain? Yeah. What's that for you in your heart? So maybe your bank account doesn't necessarily reflect it at that moment. I think it, it could. I, it could. I think it does and could, but it's not just that. Right. Again, I'm processing as we're speaking, just going as I think about the things in the past mm-hmm. that I know my heart has been consumed with mm-hmm. and definitely had to confess idolatry to to God when mm-hmm. it clicked in my head, oh, wait, I want an iPhone more than I want Jesus mm-hmm. right now. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, but you know, even destinations. I mean, I think about a lot of times there, there are seasons in my life where I'm like, I just need the beach. And may even think in the deep, dark pits of my mind, I need the beach more than I need Jesus right mm-hmm. now. You know, that's humbling when, when you stop to think, man, I'm that selfish, mm-hmm. that depraved. Yeah, and, and, you know, Jesus mentions the heart here again in the first three or four uh, sermons on the uh, that you did on the sermon yeah. on the sermon on the sermon on the mount. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you kept bringing it back to how's your heart. Even even when we get past just the meat on the front end of the mount, Jesus is still mm. as as you said last week. We're descending, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. even as we descend on the sermon on the mount, he's still bringing it back to the heart. Yeah. Uh, as I start the sermon off with, Jesus doesn't pass the plate when he's done. He's not looking for their money. He's after their heart. Yeah, and. This is this true. You have to ask ourselves, what what is my heart truly treasure? And we have to be honest and say, if it's anything other than more than Jesus, then Jesus do whatever you have to do. Because he's not out to get us. He's not out to punish us. He's not out to say, make us miserable. He's out to set us free. I mean, if COVID-19 has taught us anything, it's the fickleness of money. I mean, Proverbs says money, wealth, sprouts, wings, and flies away. That's exactly what's happened with the stock market. It's what's happening with universities. It's what's happening with football programs. It's what's happening with many of many, uh, those in the music industry. It's overnight sprouted wings and taken off. And, yeah. and Jesus is calling us to put our hope in something that will last forever. Here's how I'd like to wrap this up, Dave, unless you've got some supernatural Godward insight that you'd like to share. You're just oozing with... No, I was oozing last week. This week, I'm pretty dry. Uh, When Jesus says, you will hate the one and love the other, be devoted to one, despise the other, I think a good question to ask is, when it comes to money, am I scared to talk to God about money? Do I fear what God's going to say? And if that's true, it's a threat to your God. On the other hand, if God is your God, does money scare you in a healthy sense? Sure. Are you scared of what money may do to your relationship with God? Again, Proverbs. The author says towards the end of the Proverbs, I'm sorry, I don't have chapter and verse. God, don't give me too much. Don't give me too little. I don't want to disown you. It's like, give me this healthy fear of money. And so I think good questions to ask is, do I fear getting more money in a healthy way? Or do I fear going to God with my money because I'm scared of what he's going to ask me to do? Because it's really a threat to what's your God. So Jesus says, may hallowed be your name, God. And that's got to be over and over again our prayer. God, show us how we must 
put you as the supreme being and reality in our lives so that we can put it on display in others. Good closing thought. Thank you, Dave. Here to affirm you, Matt. Hey, uh, we want to say thanks for being a part of West Franklin Talks. Uh, We'll be back next week, next Monday, with another uh, conversation about the sermon, uh, digging in a little bit deeper. If you have questions. Anxiety. Anxiety's next week. Yeah. Man. Nobody wrestles with that. Not me, not you. Nobody. No, not at all. Yeah. Never never once in my life. I'm anxious about talking about it. Really? It's good. good thing you're talking about it then. Uh, so, hey, if you have a question, if, you, if we've said something that maybe you disagree with, maybe you need us to expound upon, maybe uh, we weren't quite clear, you need us to clarify, reach out to us, mpearson at westfranklinchurch.com. Uh, and send it to Matt, since he's the one that preached it. Uh, I'd, I'd say that, but, you know, if you want to send it to me, that's great. I'll forward it on to him, dcruz, K-R-U-S-E, at westfranklinchurch.com. I'd, I'd, love to, I'd love to dialogue with folks about this. Yeah, I know. That's that's something you get excited about. Not that I don't, but you've done the, the prep on this one. So, uh, yeah, so we're here if you need to talk more about it. In the meantime, we want to say thanks for joining us. And uh, Matt and I will be back in a few days with another episode of West Franklin Talks. Y'all be safe and good.